Alrighty, guys. Welcome to Across the Gun Counter. I'm your host, Joe Riva, joined by my co-host, Tyler Weaver, over here. What's up, guys? Hey, so, already, I mean, to start off, what's uh, what's been new in the shop this week, uh, Tyler? What have you had, uh, you know, any any fun projects this lately, or... Uh... Oh, I mean, one thing I recently had in, uh, it actually just left the shop, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, I had a pair of revolvers that I had to do a rebarrel on. Uh, customer inherited both of them. They were both four-inch revolvers. It was a uh, Ruger Security Six and a Colt uh, Official Police, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And both had four-inch barrels, and he wanted them swapped out for six-inch barrels. Said, you know, that was what he wanted. He could shoot them better. So let's have at it. So I had to source those <laughs> barrels, which are a little hard to find. Take off barrels for revolvers, but I managed to find. Uh, one for each of them, and that was my first time swapping out revolver barrels, and it went really well. He actually just sent me an email over the weekend saying, hey, I took them out. They were great. Uh, do you know anybody that does custom holsters? Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So now is this guy looking for leather holsters, I'm assuming, something like that to pair yeah. with the nice Colt yeah, Police positive, you said? Yep. Now, was that the one I saw with you that we were trying to time up the one time, if I recall correctly? Yes. Was, yes. Okay, that was the one. Yep. All right, that's awesome. Yeah, those were nice. So, those were nice looking revolvers. They they were. Yep. So yeah, good but, news. Everything worked out in the end for him. And uh, one of my previous customers from way back, uh, he is a leathersmith out in Washington State. So I said, hey, you know, I've done work for this guy. I haven't gotten any of his work, but I've seen the pictures online, and it looks like good stuff. So it's just one way that like, I can help my customers out in the end. That's awesome. Again, helping that you know, building you know, better shooters. You know, bringing the community together, doing you know more really kind of connecting everybody which is cool too is it's it's funny because if you think about it 15 20 years ago you you really didn't have that connectivity or you know no no it's no that's the thing you typically went to a gunsmith shop you got your shit fixed and you left yeah that was it and you know if they had it they had it if not they tried to order something out of the catalog or they might know a guy or you have to go to a gun show to get something done but mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, we can connect with people, hell, not even just across the country, all over the world. I remember, uh, you know, the Makarov I refinished. Well, I refinished with you, I should say. We yeah. uh, The the grips I want to get, I believe, actually from some guy in Hung- Hungary, I believe it is actually. And they look really nice. But, mm-hmm. again, before the internet and all this, never would have known That would have been those. impossible. Yeah, exactly. It would have been yep. something they found out at a gun show. Some guy would have been trying to charge, like, you know, double what they're worth just because, oh, you know, these were handmade in Hungary and... Yeah. you know who knows exactly and that's the thing you know it's like the internet is our tool we need to do a better job at utilizing it yeah i mean facebook's uh instagram any social media is where you can connect with people i mean use it to your advantage exactly it is a double-edged sword because i think a lot of people are concerned with our industry of being monitored and just the the nature of firearms and online but there oh, i've yeah. i've learned a lot just i mean browsing youtube you know things of that nature Mm-hmm. You know, you... but now here's the thing: um, people are more comfortable at their home, and you know, whatever they're looking up on the internet. Um, not many people, you know, it's not like they're going to a library and pulling out a gun book, you know. So, you know, people swinging towards the liberal side of things can, you know, if they have some gun friends and they're seeing respectable posts from them, it might sway them to start opening changed... their mind to, you know, what that lifestyle is about. It changes the perspective a little bit. Yeah, that, that's very true. Can change the nature of it. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you in general, just from, you know, my shop, you know, where I work and what I've seen is we've seen a lot more people is if you don't talk to politics, you get a little bit more open. And again, I'll be honest, I don't agree with certain politics on both sides. But yep. hey, I, I, at the end of the day, too, I believe everyone has the right to keep and bear arms. So and yep. I think and that, I, that's what we can all get behind. I just wish people would recognize that in other avenues, but that's neither here nor there <laughs> yeah. for right now. So what have you guys had come into the shop lately? Uh, this week, well, we've had, weirdly enough, is kind of what we predicted a few years ago with the pandemic, you know, before, you know, when the pandemic was hot and everyone was rushing to get shotguns and everything. Seen yeah. a lot of people bringing shotguns lately. Everyone's bringing in. Their <laughs> just tur- trying to get rid of them. Exactly. Everyone's trying to bring in just shotguns, whether it be Turkish ones. Now I'm actually seeing some more quality ones. Not that Turkish ones aren't quality, but they're just the it market. Depends is, who's making them. It depends who's making them, and the market, quite frankly, is flooded with them. <clears throat> it doesn't matter which of the manufacturer, whoever it is. It's half the time it's just different roll marks on the gun, and then a different importer putting their name on it. 
but everyone wants like top dollar what they paid for him and and that's just not going to happen. That's just that's just a very unreasonable expectation at the end of the day because you're not going to get what you paid for. Most guns do hold their value to a certain extent, but not to the extent of uh, a brand new shotgun flipping it around two years later that you paid top dollar for during the pandemic. It's exactly. just not going to happen. But yeah, we've seen a lot of shotguns. Uh, like I said, I've seen more quality stuff coming in than Turkish stuff lately. Like and when I say quality, I'm not talking Benelli or you know Beretta 1301s or things of that nature. I'm just talking more like Mossbergs and um, the the more U.S. brands, the the Winchester stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, so you know, leading into our main topic this week, yeah, was, that's going to be purchasing your first handgun or buying your first handgun, which I think is something a lot of people, a lot of people put either a little too much thought into or they don't put enough thought into if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense so i know that sounds a little confusing but let's get into both sides of that statement tyler Uh, um you know what do you think about that with purchasing your first handgun so i was able to narrow it down to three key areas that people really need to focus on when it comes to buying their first handgun so above all reliability you are essentially carrying a firearm or you want a firearm for defending your house, defending your family because of the what if scenario. So above all, you want it to be reliable. If it's not reliable, if it's not, if you don't know for certain that that first round is going to go off when that moment just happens to occur, then that that's not the gun for you. I mean, uh, what, uh, Jennings 25 ACP, is not a good carry gun just for the reliability factor. It's not a good gun for any reason for the reliability factor. Yeah, um, exactly. So, above all, reliability. Number two's got to be comfort. Because, let's be honest, if you have a gun that is uncomfortable to shoot, uncomfortable to carry, you're just flat out not going to carry it. Yeah. You're not going to shoot it. You're not going to go to the range and practice with it. You're not going to enjoy it. You, it. Yeah, it's going to be a closet queen. So... <laughs> It's got to be comfortable and comfortable in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my wife, for instance, she had two first carry guns. She had a Smith & Wesson M&P Shield, which I'm a big fan of. It carried well. It fit nicely. But in her hand, her trigger overhung or her finger overhung the trigger. Mm-hmm. So when she would squeeze, she would pull that gun to the left every time. So and adjusting her finger just it didn't work out you know if you have to think about it you're not going to do it under stress um she ended up going with like a uh, compact 1911 yet you know a female shooting a 45 acp is nothing unheard of and she loved that thing it fit her hand it was wider so it took up more of that space put her finger right where it needed to be and a little more weight a little more power balanced it out Tyler, and that was what she was carrying. Tyler, hold on. I got to stop you one second. You're saying a female is capable of handling something that is larger than a 380 LCP or a like um or a revolver, a revolver. and 38 special? Absolutely. Oh, wow. I know. I know. Believe it or not, a revolver is not the best thing for a female to carry. It's that's wow, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. We can get into that in a little bit too. But anyway, more fud lore. Yes, yeah, more fud lore. Okay. There are times, yes, it might be the perfect solution, but not every time. Exactly. So, anyway, that goes into the gun being comfortable. You know, if it's not comfortable, you're not going to shoot it. Uh, Lastly, and I guess, yeah, the most important is how well you can shoot it. Mm -hmm. So, as long as the first two are covered, it's a reliable gun, it's comfortable, can you actually shoot the damn thing? Yeah, that's that's. That's something that's extremely important that a lot of people overlook is, and this is something like, I, I know I just kind of joked about the, the 380, the comment, mm-hmm. but it's very true is a lot of times putting a, a 380 in someone's hand is not the best choice first off because it's a smaller gun. You don't have a full grip on it. You don't have control over the pistol. You need control Absolutely. over the firearm. If you can't control the firearm, what good is it going to do you? Yeah, exactly. Now, granted, I, I'm a firm believer that all guns fit A's certain purpose whether they Mm -hmm. do it you know excellent good can be discussed but for the most part as long as you have those first two covered how well you can shoot it is really all that matters yeah i mean other than that i mean 
price range, what you can afford, what the uh, the reputation is of the gun, accessories, all that, sights. I mean, really? Okay, you could have a gun with horrible sights in everybody's opinion. If you're still smacking pie plates with it, what's yeah. it matter? Yeah, as long as you know? it fits you and you're doing well with it. That's what's yeah. important. Uh, yep, I- exactly. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people get fooled by marketing. <laughs> I mean, you really got to remember these people are in the business of selling guns. So there's certain mainstream course, magazines where, like, where every single gun works amazingly and they've never had an issue with it. But I can tell you mm-hmm. from behind the counter and working with certain firearms, there's a certain uh, major manufacturer a few years ago who introduced a pistol and then they went under and they went bankrupt. And they are a major manufacturer and they were a reputable name in this industry. And now everyone's kind of crapping on them. And, mm-hmm. you know, but hey, review said it was great at first. But hey, everyone should be excited for this pistol. Yeah, that was all paid for. Don't don't believe when everyone talks about if you notice the reviewer in every single review, they say that, oh, yeah, this pistol is fantastic. And it did this this well. But my minor gripe yep. is this. But everything else is fantastic. Chances are that pistol's not fantastic or it's not everything it's meant. It's they're saying it is meant to be. Yep. And let me put it to you this way. I mean, it's a really good analogy. But OK, look at the, the car commercials you see the most, you know. Kias, Toyotas, stuff like that. The affordable option, you know, relatively reliable. But look at, like, the high performance, the really good stuff. Have you ever seen a Bentley commercial on TV? No. No, true. I mean, except during the Super Bowl, for some reason. That's the only time you'll see them. You notice that? They'll always show all the high Because they know it doesn't matter who's watching TV. Exactly. You have celebrities there. It's just funny if you think about it. You know, you're right. You never see them except during that time. Yeah, because they know their market. Yep. So again, if you're seeing these guns in magazines, they're marketed to the general public. They're selling quantity. Mm-hmm. So just food for thought. Keep that in mind when you're you're buying a handgun. If you see it everywhere, eh, you know, maybe do a little more uh, investigation. Exactly. Now you know something something to keep in mind too with buying your first handgun. It's not your last handgun. I, I've tried to explain this to every single person who comes into the store and tries to, when, they, when they're looking at their first handgun, they always like, oh, well, I need it to do this. I need to be able to carry it. I need it to be able to go to the range. I need it to yep. be able to, you know, to fit in my bed stand. I need it to be able to hit, you know, three guys through eight cinder blocks at 250 <laughs> yards away. And I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down there, Chris Kyle. Um, this, yeah. you know, what are you, what are you talking about? No, it's it, your first gun is your first gun keyword first not your last i mean chances are i mean let's be honest you buy a handgun you just enjoy shooting in general you might not enjoy this gun but you enjoy shooting in general you're going to go out and you're going to start doing research and looking at other models you'll buy another exactly you'll buy five exactly I, i tell every single person when they say it's their first gun i say gun is like a potato chip you can't have just one Case in point, I had, I think, about two or three new shooters coming within the past two weeks. And two, the there's one in particular I know for a fact bought a full-size, then bought a – or he bought a compact, then he bought a full-size the week after. And he's like, I like that so much. I saw what you were saying, though, that you're going to want something a little bit bigger and went mm-hmm. with that. I saw that happen very uh, a lot free, a lot more frequently. It seems like a lot of people have the – the mindset of I just need one gun and then I'm done. And I'm like, no, once you actually get behind it and you try it, you're under you're gonna understand why we're saying it's it's more than just your right. It's a fun hobby and it's a fun sport. Yeah, absolutely. And like I always tell people, you know, universal things do everything okay but nothing great. Exactly. You know what I mean? And the people that really tailor their guns to their individual need or multiple individual needs um they have different guns how do i want to put this they have different guns for different roles yeah they excel very highly at one specific task i mean when you break down handguns uh, a tighter you know very good locking up gun with a uh, with minimal headspace everything like that everything's like real tight there's no wobble to it is going to be a very accurate gun. Granted, if the barrel's in good condition, everything's in working order, it's going to be a very accurate gun. But you know, it's not going to be as reliable. 
as a Glock that has, you know, a 16th of an inch gap between the slide and frame that you can Mm -hmm. see through. You know, something with that, too, is when you're talking about reliability and, and, you know, guns for different roles and purposes like that. The other week, I remember I told you I was shooting that Keltec, the P32. Yeah. And 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 that's an interesting firearm because you look at that at face value and you feel it. You're like, this is not really, this isn't anything special. And you know, we took it to the range, and I'll tell it you, it's kind of cheap. It does, but I'll tell you, it was for me. I thought it was fun to shoot. Uh, granted, it was a little snappy and everything because 32 ACP coming out of something that weighed not even a pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it it had a long trigger, long reset, but for the roll of the gun, like when I did a quick fire with it, just you know, at the target. I had very yep. good grouping follow-up with it, and it did its role. Is it something I want to go shooting at the range all day and fire 100 rounds through? No, absolutely not. But no. it did its role. Would it be my first choice of a handgun? No, absolutely not, because it would not. That that pistol would not be the one to keep me shooting more and explore more firearms. You know, it just wouldn't yeah, be. It wouldn't be a right choice. Does it have its role and purpose? Yeah, absolutely. It's just not necessarily your first choice. Exactly. And one thing some people don't even consider when making a first choice is trying out a gun. Mm-hmm. Now, there are multiple ranges that have uh, rental guns. You can go and rent them. Um, I don't want to say buyer beware because you're not buying it, but be aware of the fact that these guns get thousands upon thousands of rounds run through them. A and lot of people shoot them. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say minimal maintenance. maintenance. Yeah, a lot of the videos you see popping up online are rental guns that have just been so shot, parts are war- wearing out, things aren't lining up right, and then you get a catastrophic failure. You know, funny So funny you mentioned that, because growing up in, again, growing up in Jersey, I, mm-hmm. you know, not having a, as many ranges or gun stores like that, the idea of renting a firearm was kind of foreign to me, and, you know, getting over yeah. here, seeing that actually happen, I thought was so cool that, you know, someone can, you can actually go to a place and rent the firearm and try it beforehand. Yep. And you know what? If they have a good uh, catalog of firearms to rent, go up to one of the people because they know you're not trying to buy a gun. They're, they're not going to sell you on. Ask them which one breaks the most. Yeah. You know, what guns are down every week? You know, and I'm sure they'll tell you because they'll laugh about it. You guys can have a good talk and, you know, you come away with that knowledge. Like, okay, you know, in real world scenarios where you're shooting the hell out of it, this always fails. You know, and this... for you, it might be something you're okay with. You know, okay, a pin breaks. Great. I'll have one on hand. Yeah. And again, what's the role of that gun? Is this, you know, is it a home gun? Is it a range gun? Is it a carry gun? Because if it's something that you hear, the pins break in every, you know, 100 rounds or 200 rounds, which any firearm, that's not acceptable. But just for case Mm -hmm. in point, if that's on a carry gun, you can't have that. That's just just not acceptable at all. So different roles, different purposes, you know, different, different things to, you know, different things to consider when purchasing. Yeah. And other than uh, ranges that do rental guns. I mean, there's plenty of forums online. Uh, one thing my wife did when she was looking for her first handgun, she, I think it was PAFOA, which is like a firearm owners of Pennsylvania uh, mm. forum. Uh, she went on there and posted, you know, hey, I'm a female looking to get my first carry gun, looking to try out some new things. If somebody's willing to go to their range with five rounds and let me try it, you know, I'd like to meet up with you. So we actually did that a few times. You know what? Hey, Tyler, let's let's actually talk about that, and let's like, let's take a quick break, and we'll we'll come back with talking about uh, female shooters and you know their first handgun in particular, because I want to go over a lot of misconceptions with that, just from yeah, what I've seen. Good. So how's that sound? So guys, we'll be back in a we'll be back in a couple you know couple minutes here, and uh, yeah, we're gonna yeah just uh, hang tight. We'll be right back. Shit. All right, guys, and we're back. So I wanted to take this conversation more into. Uh, female shooters because a lot of women during the pandemic felt they needed a firearm and joey i'm sure you've seen more female shooters coming into the shop absolutely time of all ages and yeah absolutely and one of the things we hear a lot in the industry is that a female should have a revolver as their first gun and what do you think about that 38 special man yeah i'm i'm not a big fan of that and I'm not saying a revolver is bad, and I'm not saying a 38 Special in particular is bad, because, you know, a full-size revolver, a 38 Special, is, or, you know, a 357 can be, you know, extremely manageable. I just think mm-hmm. as in 2022, I think there's there's a lot better options. I think... Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if I can handle the firearm, a female can handle the firearm. 
Um, I, mm-hmm. I've, se- I've seen it plenty of times with shooting. I've taken many of my friends, you know, many of my uh, friends who are women who have, you know, have taken shooting and they've, they've handled everything I, you know, I could shoot. I've actually found that more often than not, the stuff I thought they were going to be more capable shooting, like uh, a Walther P22, which I thought was going to be much better. They hated every single one was yeah. like, no, give me the nine millimeter at yep. almost every single time. Yeah. Which was really funny. It, it, it surprised me. And Mm-hmm. The reason being was the the Walther was light. It was a twenty two, yeah, so there was no recoil, but they didn't have it was almost like a toy to them. Yeah. If that makes absolutely. any sense. Yep. You know And that's the thing. You you do want to avoid that toy feeling, you know, I I wanna say like overly cheap plastic guns. Yeah. Um very, very small caliber, twenty five ACP, stuff like that, because it takes the seriousness out of the equation. Uh, At ab- least in my in my personal opinion agreed especially i know down the road like you know the purple guns and pink guns and stuff like that and mm-hmm. listen if it takes that to get someone shooting hey i'm okay with it but just remember what it is at the end of the day i actually saw uh, a couple come in a long time ago and it was it was funny because the woman was like "Ooh, uh, a, you know a, a pink gun and, and her girlfriend was like no you that's no you you want a black one because it's it's not a it's not a toy it's not an accessory it's it's a gun it's a firearm you need to take this seriously which was yes, really funny exactly. to see <laughs> yep and that's the thing you know okay yeah like you said if it gets somebody into shooting you know it kind of takes the the scariness away from them okay as long as they're still responsible and understand what know, it is absolutely what it is absolutely no so I was, uh, no i was just gonna say with that too is you know they, taking it seriously and not giving something that's going to scare them with the smaller caliber handguns or not necessarily the smaller hal- caliber handguns, but like small handguns, like the pocket pistols, the pocket revolvers, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of shooting stuff like that. And if I'm not a huge fan of shooting something like that, how is a, a female, a woman who's never shot before, how's she going to enjoy shooting something like that? Absolutely. She's, she's not. <laughs> yep. No. And, if you look at it on the other side of the spectrum, you know, some women could potentially be just getting a handgun for their home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's wrong with having a, you know, Smith & Wesson 686? Nothing, really. No, there's, <laughs> there's nothing. Ca- well, keep it in the bedside, loaded with 357 mag or some 38 specials, you know, a decent hollow point in that case. Nothing wrong with having a revolver. But again, knowing the limits of the gun as well again yeah you're stuck with six rounds and then and it's that's why i don't really like revolvers as the first choice yeah you know, plus you ever shoot a 357 mag in the house oh well, yeah no don't. yeah no. and if you did you don't want to do it again exactly no it's <laughs> i don't like indoor ranges in general let alone having to fire a 357 in the confines of my household so yes so again it, it's balancing caliber size as well you know Mm-hmm. Uh, revolvers are typically larger calibers. Semi-autos, you're going to be on the smaller end, typically. Nine millimeter. And, yep, you know. nine millimeter, forty-five ACP. Always good go-tos. I mean, three eighty always gets a lot of shit because they're snappy. Because they typically put those in smaller frames. But I mean, when you think about it, the old name for it was nine millimeter short. Yeah, and I mean. There's, there's a lot of good pistols in 382 that are a little bit bigger now that are coming out that I think have been turning me a little more in favor of 380. Mm-hmm. Like Even like the Bursas, I know that's not much bigger, but you have a better grip on them. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Smith & Wesson, uh, uh, what was it? The EZ? Yeah, the EZs and 380s too. They're a little bit bigger yep. too. Yeah, so. a little bit bigger frame. And again, it, if you hold it side by side with a 9mm, it's really not that much different. No, it's the same as a, a shield. But I mean, granted, it's a again, small pistol. If you go and stuff right. that into like a, a Ruger LCP, something the size of an iPhone, you know, they're snappy. And a lot of female shooters aren't going to like that. No, you know, again, it might feel like a nice, light, manageable gun, a, the smallest round I would probably feel comfortable carrying. But at the end of the day, they're not going to shoot it. They're not going to like it. Exactly. And the goal is to get people, more people into shooting, not away from mm-hmm. shooting. So something that's going to scare someone is not something that's going to get them into shooting. My friend, his um, his fiance, I know, for instance, he told me when they went shooting, and I believe he said that he didn't hand her a twenty two or a nine millimeter. He handed her like a a forty four magnum or something like that, and it scared the hell out mm-hmm. of her. And I'm like, well, no wonder she's afraid of you know shooting because yeah. 
you, you put something that she couldn't handle in her hand, especially for the first time she's ever handled a firearm. That's not, yep. yeah, it might be a laugh for you, but it's not a laugh for me because now you've potentially scared her from being away in the community and getting more into firearms. I don't yeah. like that. And let, let's let's be clear my, for a moment. My opinion. Let, mm-hmm. Let's be clear for a moment. I mean, Grant, there, there's a time for joking and stuff like that. And like when you and your buddies who have all been shooting many, many times, you know, you load up a revolver for them, all 38s, and you slide in one 357 mag, you know, <laughs> just as a, a jump, you know, you all laugh at it. Great. Guys, please don't do that stuff to new shooters. No, it's not. It is the best way for them to develop a flinch. And that will take years to work off. I guarantee you. Yeah, no. And it's going to turn them away from guns and give them a negative perception of it. Again, case Mm -hmm. in point, I know several people who have, you know, again, been turned away because of that. Uh, There was a guy back where I used to work. He told me that his wife, uh, one time some guy was just mag dumping and mag dumping at the range. And it turned his wife away because it was her first time out in how many years. And just got... She didn't like it. No, and it it was just too much for her in one shot. And... I don't know. The idea is, you know, you want to get more people into shooting, not turn more people away from shooting. Exactly. And I feel that's one thing previous generations have done a very horrible job with is they want to make themselves feel better, uh, you know, more capable. So, you know, bigger and better. Oh, you can't handle that? Come on. And it's like, no, guys, that's not how we should be doing this. No. and admit it we all got into guns when we were young right joey how old were you when you first started shooting and when i first started shooting actually the first time i shot you're gonna laugh i was actually older i think i was like 12 or 13 the first time i actually shot but i've been around firearms since i was five younger than five i think think, still a school-age kid yeah you know well i knew all the disciplines and whatnot to do the do's the don'ts the never put your finger on the trigger never you know always pointed in a safe direction i was always told pointed up in the air in a safe direction um you know that's that was you know i knew all the do's and don'ts before, mm-hmm. you know, but again and, you were a school-age kid most yeah. of us learned at a school-age level you know when we were first getting the firearms so a lot of these old timers you know yes they're grown men shooting these large caliber firearms it's like would you hand that to a you know a nine-year-old a 12-year-old no <laughs> probably not you no. know so no, absolutely it, not. It's one of those things. Try to keep the joking for more experienced shooters, or if they're aware of it. Like the one time, uh, me and my wife were out shooting, and she had a twenty gauge, and you know we kind of had the hodgepodge uh, mix of ammo, you know, stuff left over, oh, just kind of thrown in an buff, ammo can. Slug, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's grabbing. She knows, you know, the yellow shells are the twenty gauge, obviously. And uh, they do that for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, so she's grabbing stuff, and I saw the first one she grabbed out of the box was uh, uh, turkey nitros. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you don't want to throw that in there. Ooh. Why? You know, it's like, okay, hold it up. Yeah, it doesn't look much different. Put uh, the small one in first, and then put in the turkey nitro. Ooh. So, you know, shot the first one, okay. And then she really felt that turkey nitro. It's like, okay, I understand now. Yeah, there's there's a difference between the shells. <laughs> Yeah, but I wasn't just going to let her, you know, have at just, it. No, and that's smart, and that's you doing your due diligence as a shooter, too. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. Okay, especially with shotgun, flinching is big. You know, you're shooting at a clay bird. A little flinch, you're way off. Exactly. You know, my it, it's funny you say that because I don't know how many times I've been to the range with different, you know, different women shooters, different female shooters. And, my, you know, I think it's funny because I see how certain – Certain women handle certain handguns a little better. Some will handle rifles mm-hmm. better. Like case in point, my one friend, she was a crack shot with the AR-15, um, hands down. Then my other friend, she's she's a crack shot with a pistol. She's not as good with rifles, but she's great with great with pistols. And just a little bit of practice, and she she's on target. She she won't shoot 22s like when it comes to handguns. They're not fun for her. Yeah. She wants a nine millimeter. Yep. She wants something like that. She wants something. Yeah. You know, she's not into the, the big bore stuff, and she'll be like, I'm not about that, but yeah. she wants something that everyone else can shoot. So why not get her something that everyone else shoots, which... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. So and another thing, I mean, this doesn't just go for female shooters, but you typically see it more with female shooters, is that they're looking for some sort of manual safety. Yeah. So, Joey, what's your take on that? See, manual safety, I'm personally not a big fan of manual safeties, but I'm also a more mm-hmm. experienced shooter. So for the for your first handgun, a manual safety I don't think is necessarily the worst thing. 
um, because it trains you on, you know, it's just that extra safety step. But I think a lot of other, a lot of firearms offer an, like a safety, but not a true external safety. Like mm-hmm. a lot of guns have that trigger safety, like locks have that trigger safety. Yep. Uh, uh, XDs, they have that uh, grip mounted safety. Exactly. Nin- Which I'll be honest, my, my first handgun was a Springfield XD9. Because it was one of those things, it's like, yes, I understand it does have internal safety. As a new shooter, I feel more comfortable with that grip safety as well, but not so uncomfortable that I wanted to go for a thumb safety or something tangible. You know something what I mean? Like that. Yeah, and I think yep. that, that comes really down to a personal preference. I, I, I've i really never been big on the external safeties because the way I was taught shooting was the biggest safety is your finger off the trigger and always yeah. treating a, every firearm like it's loaded. So for me, yep. the, the external safety was just my finger drilled into my head. It's just, yeah. it's been drilled into my head so, so much that again, the external safety has never been as, as an, much of a necessity for me. Cause I've also seen safeties fail. One of the biggest yeah. things when I was younger, you know, I was concerned about a safety on the Mosinagans and the guy was like, don't be concerned with the safety on this rifle because most of the do have safeties, believe it or not. And mm. it's just not, they're not safe and that you can't trust them. So the, even though a firearm has a safety, that doesn't always mean it's safe. Yeah, it's still a mechanical device. It's prone to failure. Exactly. And, uh, a funny note. Uh, I have a really good friend. That's a armored truck driver and hopper. He goes out and fills the ATMs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And their requirements for their carry gun is that it does not have a manual safety. Interesting. Yep, because of the fact that people forget to take it off. See, and I, I like that because that's another thing is if you have to draw your gun under duress, every firearm company who does their safety does it some different way. Some go up, some go down, some go forward, mm-hmm. some go back, some go left, some go... Like, if okay. I'm drawing my H&K gun... H&K's with their mag release. How exactly. different is that? You See, know, a big I thing love, is just learning your controls. I love that European style mag release. That's why I have the USB. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I prefer that to a push button any day of the week. Um, but again, it's about knowing your gun. That's one of the few guns I actually own that has a safety, but it's also a decock. It's it's actually the decocker. But yeah. again, I like the idea of that's something I like. I like the decocker. I like being able to decock the firearm, mm-hmm. not necessarily put the firearm on safe. Exactly. And like, um, you know me, I'm. I carry in multiple different ways, and back when I used to work at the machine shop, I would carry in a, uh, like an over-the-shoulder sling bag, yeah. and perfect gun for that was my SIG 226. You know, it's got the decocker on it, but I can have a round in the chamber, don't have to worry about a manual safety, any of that, so it was the perfect bag gun. Exactly. Again, knowing the rule. Yep. So, but- uh, one of the things, too, with selecting your first handgun is if you do plan on carrying it or just storing it is how you're going to secure it. Yeah. So I, I think that's another important topic that we should at least cover. and That's a topic um, I think we should into. do on its own is just safe safe storage of firearms. And, you know, how you and, and we absolutely can. But I think just for like selecting a first handgun, it is important that you mm-hmm. know how to properly store it. Because let's face it, if somebody listens to this episode and is like, okay, now I know what to do, they're going to want to store it properly. So with... Semi-auto handguns, best way to store them is either in a gun safe, some sort of locking safe. Uh, if you do have to come down to using the cable locks, uh, what would you say the best way is? Up through the magazine well? Uh, that's how th- I've always done it. That's typically how most people do it. They do it through the magazine well. Uh, I've uh, seen uh, people uh, run it through the barrel, and it's like, I don't, okay, yes, yeah, then you're, you're gonna... locking up the barrel, but you're also running metal parts through there. I don't even like, you know... <sighs> See, when it comes to storage, everyone everyone should have their own. I think everything is situational based. You know what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely. It's, but if you're gonna lock it up, I would say, and you're gonna put a, I would honestly just say, just lock it in the case. If you're, you know, if you have kids and yeah, stuff. Yeah, some like cases that. even lock. I'd rather just lock the external case because I, I like to make my stuff as you know, for me in my living situation, um, without mm-hmm. saying too much. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I keep a lot of stuff locked, but the stuff that like my carry gun and my my work gun, because, you know, again, I work in a gun store, so I, I open yeah. carry a handgun every day. I don't keep those locked up at all. Like, those are extremely readily accessible yep. to me. So, safe storage, yeah, I think. It's a all, tool. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think safe storage all comes down to situational, where you are, 
who you have in the house. I think the best thing is out of sight, out of mind. You don't want to leave your stuff lying around. That's yep. that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter where you live, whether you live in the city, you live in the suburbs, you live out in the country. It, it doesn't matter. You, you don't want don't give people opportunities. Don't leave stuff yep. out in the open. You know, again, I'm not saying, you know, you need you, everyone must mandate a lock and key gun safe and do this. No, but you have to think about it. Make sure your firearms aren't accessible for someone just walking on in your house who's never been there. You know, make Absolutely. sure a kid just can't get it. Stuff like that. You know, you have to be a responsible gun owner at the end of the day, too. Yep. But again, if you're using it to protect your house, it's got to be readily available. It's got to be accessible. So you have to make you have to have a trade off with that. And I think yep. that's something that as you as you become a, a more serious shooter and you become more comfortable with your firearm, that really is where your comfort level can change on how you can store your firearms. Yes. And again, a one size, you know, a, a key thing with the you know, purchasing your first handgun is a one size does not fit all is something you need to keep in mind. Even with storage is the, my, what, what works for me for safe storage does not necessarily work for Tyler. What works for Tyler might not work for me, you know, and what Absolutely. might work for either of us might not work for my neighbor or his neighbor or whoever or someone down down in the middle of the city. But at yep. the end of the day, you just you can't keep your stuff out in the open is what I'm getting at. Exactly. What were your key takeaways? What are your key, I'd say, key five points or just your key points of everything we went over today? So my key points, I mean, like I said in the beginning, my, the three main things when selecting a first handgun have got to be reliability, comfort, and how well you can shoot it. And to me, honestly, I believe they should be in that order. As long as you check reliability, is the gun comfortable? If it's comfortable, how well can you actually shoot it? Mm -hmm. Other than that, marketing, what your friends say, what your dad says, none of that matters. I mean, you know, if you've got money to spend, great. If not, great. You know, there's just options. make sure. Yeah, there's options. You know, the gun industry has been really good at providing everything from the $100 pistol all the way up to, I mean, hell, I've seen them go four or $5,000. You can keep going from there if you want to oh yeah absolutely but, yeah it it really all depends on what fits your needs what you plan on doing with it and again keep in mind your storage options yeah i mean something you know my, my key key point is you know the one size doesn't fit all you know or you know just because someone else recommends it doesn't mean it's necessarily good for you you know what yeah. fits yeah, you, you might like something down the road, and you might like trying it, but just because someone recommends it and they've had experience with it doesn't mean it's going to work 100% for you. And exactly. just because, you know, if it's your first gun, it's not your last one. Keep that in mind, too. Mm -hmm. A gun is like a potato chip. You're not going to have just one. I, yep. I don't know how many times I've seen, oh, yeah, I only want one gun. I only want one gun. And nine out of ten times, that person's usually back for another handgun and then a rifle and then a shotgun and ooh, I really like shooting. It's a lot of fun. I don't know why I've mm -hmm. never done this in the past. Huh. Well, it's like I've been telling people for years. Once you just start shooting, you'll understand. <laughs> yep. And you know what? Here, I'm going to say something that you've probably never heard before. It mm -hmm. doesn't even matter if you like the gun. Yeah. I'll be honest. You know, when I first got into shooting, didn't like Glock. You know what? Honestly, still not a huge Glock fan. Gun I almost carry every day, Glock 43. You know yeah. why? I don't give a damn about it. It's ugly. It's blocky. <laughs> but you know what? It fits me. I shoot it well. It carries nicely. You know what? It's reliable, comfortable. I shoot it well. There, covers the three points. And you know what? If I scratch it, if I drop it, getting out of the car or whatever, no big deal. I don't cry about it. I dust it off, put it back in the holster, away your, I go. <laughs> it's your carry gun. It's not your last gun either. Exactly. So... <laughs> well, let me, like I said, something you'll probably never hear before is you don't have to like your first gun. You don't have to like any of the guns that you have. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. As long as it does what it needs to and you shoot it well, it might not be your favorite thing, but as long as it exactly. does what it's supposed to. Yep. Now, with that in mind, what would you, two things would be, what would you recommend for a first handgun? And what was your first handgun? Actually, you know what? This is going to be a three-footer three with the, uh, okay. and would you recommend your first handgun? Or would you have chosen something else? And what would you have chosen? Jeez, that's kind of a loaded loaded series that, there. But that that I was think, a little much. So. I know. So, but, let's I, break but I think, it down. All right. So the first one is, what would be the handgun you're starting recommending handgun? Like if, if someone came up to you and said, first handgun, what would you say? Go try out. This is the base starting point for you. Honestly, now, full disclaimer, I am a certified Smith & Wesson M&P, M&P 2.0, and M&P Shield Armor 
Okay. Uh, well, actually, maybe not. They they might have expired by now. <laughs> yep, they expired. Eight oh two nineteen. Okay, so, you so were. I'm not an armor anymore. I were. I were. Yeah. I were. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Trust me. So, I swear we know what we're doing. Yes, promise you. So yes, I took the armorers courses and everything, mm-hmm. but I would still recommend the M and P line of pistols. Okay. They're very well built. They're reliable. They have enough safeties built into them. I feel it's a the next step up from a Glock as far as not just aesthetics, but comfort. Mm-hmm. You know how comfortable it is, the sights. So to me, a good first handgun. My recommendation would be any of the M and P line of pistols. Okay. So I gotta ask you, what would your recommendation be? You know, so, and you work at a gun shop, so this is kind of your job. Yeah. So my recommendation is, see, it's hard to necessarily say what the first I would recommend would be, but I'll tell you my starting point where I start with customers is I go and I start with a Glock 19. And the reason I start okay. with the Glock 19 is because when I get the Glock 19 in their hands, that tells me is the gun a little small for them? Is it going to be a little too big? How does it feel? The Glock 19 is a good base. I'm not saying it's the best first choice, but it's the best firearm for me to start and get a base read on. And half the time, they'll tell me right off the bat, this is the right size. I just hate the angle or I hate the grip. And right off the bat, that'll tell me, okay, let's look at it. you know where to go from there. Exactly. And I will go to something like a Smith & Wesson MP9 2.0 compact or like a Walther PDP, something like that. Okay, hold on. I don't don't mean to cut you off. Another good point I feel like we should touch on Mm -hmm. is that when you are handling the gun in the gun shop, Especially with polymer frame guns, they're going to feel very top-heavy because yeah. you have a, a plastic frame that's empty. Now, when you take that to the range, it's going to feel a lot more balanced. So one of the things when you're at the store, it might feel a little clunky, you know, very top-heavy. But trust me, they balance out in the end. Yeah. So so my recommendation, it's one per- pistol in particular is hard to say. But like I said, a Glock 19 is a good base starting point for me for you to get your mm-hmm. hands on. That would be my first recommendation for you to look at. But my first overall recommendation wouldn't necessarily be a Glock 19, but a compact 9mm pistol, whether it be a Glock 19, a Walther PDP, a Walther PPQ, even like the Smith & Wesson MP9 2.0. Those are fantastic compact little guns. I really like the texture on those. Something even if you're looking more, I don't want to say cheap, I like to say more affordable, something like the Canics. There you go. The Canics are fantastic firearms for the money, and they're... They're little compact nine millimeter handguns, and they get the job done. Absolutely, and they and you know the mm-hmm. cool thing about those guns is, and again, we're not sponsored by anyone or anything like that. Um, no, no. So I, I just I want to point out though, that's a company that does a lot for you as an initial shooter because they usually give you the gun with the holster. It's not a concealed carry holster, but it's a it's at least a decent range holster for you to get started. Mm-hmm. So and that's cool to see companies doing starting off is not only giving you the firearm but a holster as well. Yeah. I believe uh, when I got my Springfield XD. Uh, yeah, they yeah, do a, they do a good job, gun. too. <laughs> yep, they had the, the holster. Great, not a great holster. But it had the holster, uh, double mag pouch. It came with three mags. You know, really, as a brand-new shooter, you're getting the most bang for your buck with something like that. So your first handgun was an XD9, then? And would my you recommend that? My first handgun was an XD9. Um, you know what? The first-generation one, like I had, I would probably recommend. Okay. You know, it was... Um, the availability, I mean, they were all over the place at that time. They were on so many freaking, um, magazine covers, which honestly, why? One of the reasons I bought it nowadays, I know better. That's marketing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, magazine capacity. It held a great number of rounds. It was a stainless steel mag, very nice and smooth. So, I mean, rounds, I don't think I've ever had that magazine itself actually hang up, mm-hmm. you know, it very polished outside. So when you hit the button, it drops free very nicely yeah Yeah. one reason people like a lot of uh tactical guys don't like them yeah it's a stainless steel mag so in a mag pouch it's gonna glare so you do have that going if you really get into the weeds on it yeah but um overall it's just decent for you'd recommend go get an xd9 potentially as a starting point yeah i mean it's got the rail underneath so you have light mounting options which is exactly what i was looking for uh the safeties you got internal safeties you got a trigger safety and uh, that grip safety, like I was talking about. So if you're a little on the the novice side, it's a good option without having a manual thumb safety. Mm-hmm. And it's got that loaded chamber indicator, which honestly I'm a big fan of. Uh, I know it's a, another mechanical part that could fail, that could possibly cause jams or it's issues. It's funny, something you like that I don't. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of, especially tactile loaded chamber indicators. You're in a dark hallway in your house at night. Just being able to run your hand over that slide and know that you have a physical round in the chamber. They have a loaded chamber indicator on the back of the pistol. Using your thumb, just rubbing it over. Like, okay, I know I got mm-hmm. a round in the chamber and I'm cocked. We're ready to go. I don't even have to look at the gun. So, granted, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but I did like my Springfield XD9. It's currently up for sale at another shop right now. Ah, that's but, funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, we we buy the gun that suits us at the time. For that time period, that was probably the best gun I could have afforded. Oh, yeah. See, <clears throat> see, the first handgun I had was it was a Glock 21. And the reason I had a Glock 21, why I, why I personally chose that, was my dad had purchased a 1911, a Norinco 1911, just okay. prior to that. So I thought, okay, my first handgun will be something in the same caliber. And I would not recommend that at all. The The Glock 21 <laughs> is a fantastic firearm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic firearm. It's just not a good starting point. Yeah. My hands, it didn't fit my hands 100% right. I literally picked it solely because I heard Glock was a good name and mm-hmm. that it was in 45 caliber. Then I went through a series of handguns, and again, this was a nightmare with New Jersey pistol permit process. And I wish I just rented Ooh, some I handguns. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so so it took me a while to find like a modern handgun I really, I really enjoyed, which ended up coming to the Glock series. I came back to my friend, ended up getting a Glock 19, and I really liked his Glock 19. But mm. up until that point, I didn't find a modern handgun. My favorite handgun shooting up until that was actually probably an old uh, Walther P1 which I enjoyed okay. shooting a lot, but uh, no, everything I had tried and was recommended to me initially, I just, I didn't like, I, I really, yeah, it took a while for me to find a, a handgun I actually really, really liked. Yeah. And I mean, to this day, you know, it took me, I mean, I carry the Walther PDP. I love the Walther PDP, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it took a while for me to find a handgun. So again, your first handgun, not your last handgun. Look at how many handguns no, I went you through to find. You shouldn't look at it as your last handgun anyway. Yeah, and I think that's that's my main takeaway when it comes to, you know, purchasing your first handgun is it's your first mm-hmm. handgun, not your last handgun. And here's another thing we should probably touch on. Don't hold on to it longer than you should. If you know you graduate it and you know that that gun no longer suits you, granted, if it's a range toy, you like taking it to the range, mm-hmm. okay, but if you think a better gun would suit you it's, it would suit your needs better now. Go find a new one. Sell yeah. that one. You know, somebody else will love to take your place with it and move on. Yeah, you know, I feel like some shooters overcommit. You know, they bought this gun. That that's just how it has to be. I, I don't know. What what's your opinion on that? Have you ever seen that? Where people um, buy a gun, they're like, I would really like something better, but I already have this. Yeah, some people. You see a lot of times people buy buying more of the same family of guns and trying to mm-hmm. like the same i'd rather see you if you don't like that family of guns go buy you know buy something else better that yeah that's going to fit your need more go to the range where you can actually try stuff don't don't just keep buying yeah. like yeah I, I was stuck doing in you know my situation where i was try yeah. stuff go to the well, range try something you know tr- try try a plethora of stuff don't don't just limit yourself to one or two things that someone said oh Glock is the best, or Smith & Wesson mm-hmm. is the best, or Walther is the best. Yep. Most modern firearms, in terms of reliability, are, you know, I hate to break this to a lot of people, but they're on par with each other. They really are, in terms yeah. of reliability, accuracy, things of that nature, because if they're not reliable and they're not hitting their mark, they're not going to survive on the market in 2022. It's just yep. as simple now, as I that. I can say from a gunsmith point yeah. of view, yeah, <laughs> major difference. I mean, one of my uh, instructors at a gunsmith school, uh, one of my other buddies was playing with my Glock because, again, we could carry to school. New concept. Yeah, that's very <laughs> And cool. uh, obviously, it's unloaded and everything, but he's checking it out to see if he likes it. And uh, taking the slide apart and whatever, uh, spring popped down and jammed it up. So if anybody's ever had that with a Glock, they know how much of a pain in the ass it is to unjam it when that barrel drops down before it's ready. And we're messing with it, and we were new to gunsmithing, and we couldn't figure it out. And we went to the head instructor. Was like, "Look, I have no idea where to go with this. What do you like? What What's your recommendation?" He looked us dead in the eye and said, "Buy a Sig," and walked away. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like with the Samsung iPhone defeat. You know? Oh, how do you fix this problem? Oh, just buy the same platform. Ugh, that's not. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. As far as, you know, mechanically, yes, they, they are different as far as working on them, taking them apart. And but such. most major manufacturers are going to be, in terms of reliability, have a very similar set of reliability as long as the firearm's yeah. been out for a certain amount of time. And, you know, Absolutely. the bugs have been worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I won't buy anything that's, like, brand new. Like, this is their new... Uh, newly designed invention they came out with yeah eh. you're, you're the we test. see how that hap- how that all pans out with recalls yeah you're the you're the test product if you buy the first line just keep that in mind yep but, yep all right tyler so to wrap things up i mean pretty much what what, what we covered there so for your for your first handgun my main key takeaways are you know one size doesn't necessarily fit all and it's your first gun not your last gun guns like a potato chip you can't have just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, my big three: reliability, comfort, and how well you shoot it. In that order. Yeah, that's three three important things. Is you know, and how well you shoot it is you know when you're looking is if you can try it, go try it. Because if you learn that you shoot this slightly, be- you know, gun A slightly better than gun B, but everyone told you gun A was better, mm-hmm. go with gun B. Because guess what? You shoot it better. It's yeah. your gun, not yeah. And their lastly, gun. that's what matters. Exactly. It, what matters is what you like, not what someone else is telling you you need or what else someone's telling you you need to like. It's what mm-hmm. you like and what fits you. Hey, and back to my point, you don't even have to like it. Exactly. Some people, you don't even need to like it as long as you shoot it well and it does what it's supposed to. Hey, there you go. Yep. Alrighty, guys. Alrighty. So, so yeah, I mean, that's it for this episode on, you know, purchasing your first handgun. Uh, so to close out here, you know, I'm your host, Joe Riva, joined by my co-host over here, Tyler Weaver. And uh, Tyler, where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me on my website, PrecisionRifleWorks.com, on Facebook and Instagram as Precision Rifle Works or Precision Rifle Works LLC. One of those. I don't even remember. I don't search for myself. Huh. Well, <laughs> there you go. Just PrecisionRifleWorks.com and you'll find him and all his uh, connections. Or Exactly. Or what you can do is um, you can just go right to, um, well, you can follow me over at, you can find me over on Instagram at SightPicture762, or now actually on YouTube at SightPicture762, where I post my non, ooh. ooh, yeah, where I post my non-gun related content, where I just post some Hunt Showdown gameplay videos. Um, <laughs> but the main thing is, you know, please follow us over on at Across the Gun Counter, uh, at Across the Gun Counter on Instagram as well as acrosstheguncounter.com. If you go to acrosstheguncounter.com, that's where you'll find all of our all of our podcast episodes, including our blog and other stuff we post up there as well. I know Tyler and I got a lot of content planned that we're going to be posting up there for you guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just keep checking us back, you know, keep checking back on all the multiple platforms. And, you know, hey, stay safe shooting, guys. Yep. Take care, guys. All right.